Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Doing pretty good, man. How are you? Pretty good. I got a lot of questions for you. Well, we got a lot of listener questions. So who you want to go first or should we get into some of those? Yeah. How do I, how do I make money with Bitcoin? Oh, my God. Well, we did a little bit of a recording about that last week. And I think we determined that we don't know. I keep hodling, but I haven't gotten a Lambo yet. Yeah. And at the current rate of earnings on this podcast. <laughs> you probably won't get one from that either. But man, episode 21. I know. Did you think we'd make it this far? I didn't. Are we making any money from that? No, no, no. <laughs> Remember, this is this is an open source platform. Matt. Are we having fun, though? I, I think so. And I think our listeners are having fun. Um, you know, as many of you may have seen in the Facebook uh, Startup Hustle chat, I am no longer going to make posts about new daily record for downloads because you guys are crushing it every day. Thank you. It's amazing, uh, especially the number of countries. I know. I didn't. That even, part's really crazy. Yeah, I, because I'm American, I didn't realize that there were 50 countries. There's 50 states. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, I, my, my vision doesn't extend too far past <laughs> it. No, it's really pretty impressive. And so anyway, uh, with, with that whole uh, subject, you know, we've been opening up the Startup Hustle Facebook chat room for questions from people. And, you know, we want to interact with everyone that listens and gives us support. So you ready to do some of that, Matt? Yeah, I'm ready to ask some questions. Okay, what questions do we have for our <laughs> listeners? Let me see. Why are you listening to this still? So what, 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 what questions do we have? All right, the first one comes from someone that you know really well, uh, Jake Dubin. All right. Here in Kansas City, who is also the world's biggest Chiefs fan. Is that fair to say? Oh, he may not be after we sold off Alex Smith. I think he is. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's a fan. If you uh, if you follow Jake on Facebook, you can get a breakdown on most anything the Chiefs do. (laughs) So I I really don't even watch the games or keep up with anything. I just actually check out Jake's Facebook stuff. So, anyway, you know, Jake uh, didn't have a specific question, but more so wanting a little bit of our comments about hard work, leadership and motivation. Things that are sometimes hard to find. Well, I would say the leadership and the motivation probably go somewhat hand in hand a little bit of one of the major jobs of of being a founder or a leader is motivating the whole team, right? Like I tell people all the time, I feel like I'm a cheerleader. You are. Right. My job is to pump everybody up, keep them going, make sure they understand why we're doing what we're doing. Are we winning? Are we losing? Why? Um, it's my job to be out in front of that, right? Or otherwise, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Everybody wants to know what's going on. So I think that's one of the key roles of a leader in any company, but especially in a startup where there's a lot of uncertainty. I think leadership goes a lot of different directions. And I think depending on what you're leading can have a lot to do with that particular direction. Um, I have, you know, the term motivation 
I look at this a lot differently. I don't think you can motivate people, meaning like truly motivate them. I think you can spring them into action, but it's really up to that person decide to decide whether they're going to truly be motivated or not. You can do things that influence that and encourage it. Yes. The question is, is how long does that magic potion last? So unless people are truly motivated and want to do something, it can be hard to keep that going on their behalf. But a positive, well-defined and productive outlook is a good way to lead things. That being said, you can push or you can pull. (laughs) There are different people that respond to different things. I personally don't do that great with like pushing. You can pull me along, but it depends on how you're pushing me. Now, for me, you can push me by working hard, and I want to match that. I don't want to be the person that's not working the hardest. So that kind of goes into that hard work part. And I think that a lot of times you're just a hard worker or you're not. How do you feel about that? I think that is in your DNA. Yeah. Um, Same thing with leadership. People that are natural-born leaders, it's just sort of in their DNA. Um, My my oldest son is is eight, and... He is uh, exceptionally bright, but socially awkward, but he thinks he's the leader at everything. Like you can put him out on the soccer field and he's the worst player on the team, but he thinks he's in charge and he's telling everybody what to do. Like, it's just a natural thing. It does kind of start with that though. Like a lot of, and you know, what you're talking about is confidence. And if you're not confident as the leader of your team, oh God, it shows. I mean, you know, right away. And like, and that's, and that's some of sometimes a personality thing, you know, like people people that are outgoing often make decisions quickly, sometimes hastily, but they don't mull it over. They don't have a hard time saying yes or no. And as a leader, be prepared to be decisive, but at the same time, like you don't necessarily want to be flighty. When you, your comment earlier about motivation, I, you know, I, some of my employees in the past, you know, they've been very motivated. They've done a lot of hard work you know, all those things. But for them at some point in time, they're like, well, do I want to keep doing this or do I right. do something else? Or am I excited about where the company's going? Am I excited about the product? Like if you can figure there's it. still part of that of like, these people are motivated, but it still takes leadership to keep them kind of inspired to be motivated towards wherever they're going. They need the to be motivated to, to be moving towards getting something that they want. It can't always be what you want. Now, that being said, maybe that motivation revolves around, I don't know, it could be, I mean, it could, it could be compensation, it could be something different. But if people feel like they're get, getting what they want out of life, too, then they're very happy helping others do the same. So that's kind of one of the things I, I, I think the final note we'll leave there on leadership is, you know, be careful with the promises that you make too. like, I can make you one promise, things are going to change. So if you're not ready to deliver, be careful, because you can very quickly erode the confidence that um, that the people around you have. Okay. We're going to change. I'm going to mix. I actually have these written down here. I'm going to mix the order up a little, uh, Taylor monks. How you doing, buddy? Um, he'd like to know what kind of marketing activities have yielded the best ROI for us. And also some comments about marketing with a small budget. Well, I think the key there is identifying your market segment, or sometimes as you like to refer to it as your herd, Yes, and getting that, getting that herd down to the smallest size possible. Um, 
you know, one of the problems we have as entrepreneurs is we want to, we want everybody to be a customer. We want to make everybody happy. We want to solve everybody's problems. I don't anymore. I gave that up. But it is the worst thing to market to, right? You can't market to everybody that you solve all problems. So you got to find the smallest size herd you can find and then go kill every one of them or get money out of them. What would, however that works. I love the killer mentality here. You know, like really, like, it's, I feel like I'm watching a caterpillar turn into a butterfly at a minimum here. Um, you know, what you, a lot of that, the whole small budget thing. Well, first off, we talked about this in our How to Start a Startup series. Um, some of the grassroots marketing tips. Um, you know, you can control your own effort. And one of the things that I did when I first started, you know, like in the, just to use the million dollar bedroom timeline, I was maybe a year or two into this and we we're doing a lot of marketing stuff is I made sure to take a little time each day and do short term, midterm and long term things like certain types of SEO are long term. You're probably not going to see a result just spending one day doing it. But if you do 15 minutes of it a day for a year, oh man, oh my, I mean, you get a lot like that, the actual website that I was that I'm referring to and thinking about, I still get results from some of the SEO I did like nine years ago. And that doesn't come fast. So some of the, the things that you can do that will help you with a small budget is like, like Matt mentioned, find the herd. Um, and people are like, well, where are they? You know, there's like literally thousands of groups and communities on Facebook that you can join and talk to people about what you do. You can get involved. Like a lot of people that know us actually are from a uh, Facebook community for startups here in Kansas city. That's actually how I met you. Well, and at a minimum you can, if you can narrow them to herd down to 10 people, you can go find all 10 of them on LinkedIn. Sure. Yeah. Right. And that's another thing, you know, LinkedIn has groups. I don't think they're as effective as Facebook, but, you know, creating content. Now, if you're going to go and introduce yourself to this herd, it helps to have some credible material with you. Like, you know, don't just show up and start spamming these rooms. Check out my site. Check out my site. Like, Try like you're do- promoting some kind of shill coin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're really stuck in the <laughs> cryptocurrency today. So, but, but the, the point is, is there's a lot of things that you can do with your own effort now. And in regards to sales, the more eyes you put your product in front of, the better chance you're going to have to possibly sell something. So why Matt wants to thin the herd and then, and then, you know, slaughter them, which is fine <laughs> at the same time, it, you know, the bigger the herd that you start with, the more possible results you might have. Now, you know, there are going to be some things that don't have great results, but, you know, creating content, uh, blogging, um, you know, just things like, you know, make a YouTube video that talks about what you're doing, find people that have the problem that you solve and start getting them involved with doing that. Um, you know, it takes a long time to do some of this stuff, but when you find and the reason is you have to try a lot of different things. So when you find something that's really great, then you really get to go. Well, we, we did have a whole episode where we talked a lot about traction channels and marketing, yeah. and a lot of trial and effort. Yeah. We, we, we had a whole episode about that. And that was the go-to-market strategy. I think that was part four of the How to Start a Startup series, if I'm right. Yeah. It's either three or four. It's one well, of I those. Think, I think the key is, um, you know, we're talking about best marketing ROI. Content marketing is definitely a good one. It's more Not of a, a fast return, a long, but it'll get it, yeah. More of a long-term yeah. play. But you can use that content a lot of ways. Like, hey, find those 10 people on LinkedIn and send them a link yeah. to your content, right? Um, but, you know, one of the struggles we had is, so at Stackify, 
for take for example, like there's 2 million Java developers in the world. Like, okay, I can try to market all 2,000 of them. It takes a big budget to do that. Or I can say only the ones that are chief technology officers at companies that have less than 200 employees, they have experience with Java, and they're only in Kansas. Now I got a herd. Now I got somebody I can focus on, right? Like sometimes, sometimes you just have to, you just have to split it down. So there's, there's another thing too, and return like technically, you know, return on investment or ROE where, you know, return on your effort can also come by planning what you're doing. So you can satisfy short, medium and long-term things all with one activity. Like for example, content marketing takes a while to, to really be effective across a broader scale, but creating that first article that has quality material and has some value offering in it is now a great segue for you to introduce yourself to some of these people that might be in the communities that are talking about the stuff that you do. So you got short and long-term there. You know, I don't know if that has a midterm answer, but maybe it does. But, you know, that, that establishing yourself as, as being an expert and having something to say is a much better approach to introducing yourself to new and interesting people than just showing up and saying, hey, I'm here to sell you something, right? One of the best things you can do is uh, meet with people and give them something, give them something, right? Right. Yeah. Well, like, for example, I do that with Gigabook sometimes. Like, hey, man, just try it out. I'll hook you up for free for a while. Right. So, okay. And we're on to the final phase of Listener Questions Volume 2 with Sinue Montoya. What's up, buddy? This guy is one of our rock star listeners. Um, thanks for your help with the Facebook with the Startup Hustle Facebook chat. He's um, one of the administrators, right? Yes, he's one. Of, he's probably the reason those of you that just been in have actually been approved to be in. But yeah, this dude's got a lot of hustle, has, uh, was it dronequote.net? Um, he wants some comments. You know, I had made a, a comment in the chat room that, you know, my personal uh, saying is that success demands payment in advance. And until you accept that, you're probably not going to be successful. It's, you know... You know, that kind of came from my research that I did for my book, Balance Me. And I talk, was talking to high achievers. And for those of you that don't know, I kind of track down people that are really good at what they do and make them tell me their story. <laughs> um, like, I mean, my YouTube channel has a couple things like Jake Seninger from Humphreys McGee. So just talking about what it took to become a world-class guitarist. But the thing is, is the thing I, I found that across all high achievers, they all had to pay a huge sacrifice in advance, like all the practice, all the dedication, all the research, effort, whatever, and then they become successful. It's never that they become successful and then have to do all the work. And I think uh, one of the things that people don't really understand when you see people that are achieving well is what they went through on the path to get there. You, know, you talk about the Venn Solution story. Yeah. You guys were freaking grinding it for the first a couple of years didn't make any money at all yeah yeah and, and and you weren't exactly working 40 hours a week either oh working a lot more than that yeah and you know i i find that same story if you're not willing to do the work don't expect you know there's a very small distance between good and great and it's usually related to that ability to pay in advance so new i also would like some information do you have any other comments on that sir no i think uh i think you nailed it and then his final observation request was, you know, what do we look for when it comes to finding quality partners or people to do business with? It's got to be a win-win. Correct. So, for example, um, at Stackify, um, 
there's a couple different partners that we're talking about doing some business with that um, they have the same exact customers, they have a similar product, but we don't compete. Um, we align really well, and it's like we can cross sell each other's solutions. Maybe we can do a little integration. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems mistakes we ever made at, at from my event solutions days is the first thing we ever did is we got a big partnership that that we thought we were going to become millionaires and somebody was going to sell our product and all this wonderful things were going to happen and it, it went nowhere it's in a book that i read it probably is in the million dollar bedroom it is yeah um, can i point out that you're in my book and you still have not read my book yeah yeah i haven't read your book i get it <laughs> I know. I'm going to actually, for in, in future episodes, we'll put a poll up for this. I, I might just read you one page of it for the next th- 221 episodes. I'm sure the listener, listeners will really appreciate that. Um, no, you're right. For me, when it comes to a partnership, uh, all the things that Matt mentioned, um, you have to find partners that are excited about being partners with you. Not that are just like, oh, okay, sure, we'll try it out. It's got to be a win-win. Yeah, well, that well, win-win's got needs a little more definition because underneath it's it. It's like, hey, we can partner, and I can sell your stuff, right? Yeah. Why would I sell your shit when I can sell mine? Right. Why don't I pay my salespeople to sell my shit instead of your shit? Why would I sell your shit? See, that's not a good partner. That's not what I'm looking for. Because that was the problem we had of solutions, yeah. right? Like. Everybody wants us to sell stuff, but yeah. like, why would we sell our own stuff? Why would I sell your stuff? Well, an example of partnerships that Gigabook seeks is we look for people where what we do completes something in their model that they can't do without it's us. It's got to be one plus one yes. equals three. And, you know, I talk about this a lot. I've never really, I don't think I've talked about this with the mic on, but, you know, I believe in this, that I, there's a sales equation and you have to satisfy both sides of that equal sign. You know, just finding the lead isn't nearly as effective as finding the lead and making a reservation or a booking to get them in, you know, wherever it is they need to be. So like when I look for partnerships with Gigabook, I'm looking for companies that are going to benefit from that. They have the, or they have the ability to drive huge amounts of users. And, you know, I, if once again, if they're not excited about being your partner, then they're not going to put much energy behind pushing whatever it is you're partnered in. So just because someone shows interest doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to like, they could be like Matt mentioned a huge company that was, I mean, were they like really pumped about what you guys were doing or were they just kind of like, sure, we can try it out. Yeah. I think they were like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Well, well at Venn solutions, that was, um, they were selling paper and we were selling software mm. that needed the paper. And so they're like, Oh, we can sell more paper because of your software. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, it sounded exciting. It's not very exciting. Yeah. Like, well, another thing that Gigabook does is we offer uh, options to franchises that can create kind of a branded or white label solution. And it gives that partner the ability to share revenue with us on a product that would be completely non-existent or not able to be developed within their means without partnership. So with that, the win-win is they have something they can offer. They have something they can create new creative revenue with. They don't have to make a huge investment in it. And then for us, it's obviously further monetization of what we do and something where we don't have to embrace this uh, big cost of acquisition. Right. Do I have a partnership offer for you, Matt. Would you like to be my partner in this podcast? What do I get out of it? Oh, geez. These, I, I don't know if you're the right partner for this. <laughs> I don't think you're excited. No, I'm excited. I, I want to be your partner. 
Okay, well, we'll partner up with this. I like that. Does That's, it have uh, health benefits? Oh, God. This, you, we're going to have to do an episode about hiring. <laughs> when someone shows up and wants a job and their first question is, what is the compensation? Wait, I have a better one. If Matt, if I, all right, ask me if I want to be your partner on this, this podcast. Do you please. want to be my partner? How many vacation days do I get? <laughs> a lot? Uh, you get a lot of them. They start right now. Shit. You're, you're good to go. I'm completely unemployable, dude. I'm going to have to keep working on this. This isn't a government job. I know. I don't think I qualify for any of them. This is a startup job. We have three benefits. You know what they are? Oh. Hard work, long hours, and low pay. I'm in. <laughs> Although the pay, the benefits part would be a huge upgrade from some of the things in my past, maybe. So, hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Hopefully, this got some of your questions answered. If you're listening to this and you have questions, you can come ask us. Go to Facebook, search Startup Hustle Chat. Join our community. We'd love to hear from you. You guys are as big of a part of this as we are. So keep asking questions, especially when they're directed to Watson. <laughs> Join our herd and we'll help you uh, hopefully find your herd. Yeehaw. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle. Startup Hustle.